Welcome to All the Balls, week 4, 6, 46. I thought last week was 46. No, last week was 45. Wow. Time's, time's ticking. What do they say? We are less than two months away from celebrating our one-year anniversary on the show, and I don't know what we're doing for it. We're bringing ring pops. We are bringing ring pops. We're getting championship trophies. We're, we're wearing <laughs> sashes that say, I'm a one-year vet. I'm going to wear my yarmulke. Might hire a rabbi. I'm going to wear my Yamaha. Anyway, Connor's not here, as you can see, probably. I mean, probably not. He normally sits, like, half off camera anyway, but... And he used to be late, but he's not that late anymore. I don't even... Where is he tonight? I have no idea. I think he's probably a test or something. He's somewhere scandalous. He said we can't tell any of the audience. No, I'm kidding. I'm sure he had a test or something. Yeah, he had a test. A scandalous test. It was not, like, a bodily test. It was for academics. He had a procedure, right? No. <laughs> Anyway, let's start off week 46, all the balls. Justin Miller, Jake Platter. Last time we Connor talked... Howell. Yeah, Connor Howell. Maybe he's watching. Well, some, someone's viewing, but I don't know who you are. If you, if you want to put your name in the comments, go ahead. Sarah? I mean... All right, here we go. So, week 46, all the balls. We got the finals. The last time we talked, the Stanley Cup finals were still going on. Connor, believe... What did he have? The Canadians in seven? Something stupid like that. I think Connor had the Canadians winning the Stanley Cup finals in seven games. Last time we talked, the Canadians won one game, but that's about all they would win. I said before the series started, they'd lose four games to one, and for once I was right, four games to one. You said it would be a sweep, right? I I think I might have said five games. I can't remember. We'll have to go back to week 43. Somebody view the tape and let me know. We'll look later. But um, yeah, four games to one. Stanley Cup playoffs are over. Tampa Bay Lightning are back-to-back cup champions, and... You got to tip your hats off to him. I mean, even though it was a shortened season, 56 games, this team was freaking really good. And if the Bruins did beat the Islanders, I don't think they really would have had a chance to beat Tampa Bay the way that they played in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It was pretty amazing. They almost lost to the Islanders. Yeah, I know that. The Islanders were a good team. And Connor, congratulations. You actually have one of your teams that is good. And the next aren't too bad either. But, but um, yeah, their Tampa Bay was far and away the better team in the Stanley Cup Finals. Shout out to the Montreal Canadiens for even making it that far, like we've talked about previous shows. Worst team. Worst team. They clinched the playoffs in the last day of the regular season, and just like that, they make it to the Stanley Cup. I'm happy Tampa Bay Big won, run. but it was it was a good run for Montreal, and if you're a Canadiens fan, you're probably excited about the future because I don't think they're going away anytime soon. I didn't think they were going to be anywhere this year. And now you look at this team, and they got all these young players, Cole Caulfield, had an amazing Stanley Cup playoffs. Carey Price looks like he's back to his old Carey Price ways. And they were just up against a lot better team, unfortunately for them. Tampa Bay brought back most of the same core from last season. Veselevsky was phenomenal. Their defense led by Victor Hedman was really good. And then the first, second, third, and fourth line you saw at the whole playoffs, they were pretty deep. And with Steven Stamkos, Kucherov, Tyler Johnson, Braden Point, they have some freaking phenomenal players. And it just showed... Really, through all five games. I mean, Montreal did win one game, but I believe it was an overtime winner. And, it was. And Montreal was, just wasn't good enough to beat that Lightning team. Let me ask you, uh, when's the last time a team three-peated? Uh, it's probably happened, but definitely before I was born. I don't remember. Well. You think it could happen? It, I mean, no, but it could. It might have. I mean, this team, again, they brought back the same core as last year. My friend Mike was telling me they're going to bring back at least 90% of the team that they have this year, next year. So you never know. They get a great goalie. They get a great defense. They are getting a little older, but still, they did it twice. Could they do it three times in a row? It's definitely possible, and especially with hockey. It's not like the NBA where you don't see three-peats too often. I don't know. I mean, 
I feel like a team like Tampa Bay, who is no doubt a uh, you know top tier team, has more success in another league than than the NHL. I feel like teams rotate more often about who's you know so dominant. I feel like the yeah. NBA you know has these franchises that last years and years, and yeah, they don't win every single year, but they could. And in hockey, that doesn't come around as often. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, basketball and hockey are still a different thing. What's Courtney saying? Why does Greg get a VIP pass and Courtney doesn't? <laughs> what the heck? No idea what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, Greg's here. Greg Blanchard, by the way. Nope. Courtney, I mean, you could have came through. You just, you just never asked me. And I was at work, so. Too late. Try week 47. <laughs> but, um, yeah, bringing it back to the hockey gods. It was a pretty good series. I mean, five games. I would have liked to see a six or seven game series, but going in, none of this besides Connor really thought that was going to happen. And again, Montreal, no one had them going this far. They went further than everybody had them going. I didn't have them making the playoffs at the beginning of the season. I don't think anyone at that show, that show seemed like it was so long ago. It really was. That was like a year ago. When Mike Craddy and Jared were doing the preview before the season started. One of the best naps of my life. (laughs) But um, I believe they didn't have them making the playoffs either. And Montreal, congratulations. We'll see if you can do this again next year. And bringing it back to Tampa Bay, I mean, back-to-back years. I said we should talk about this a little quickly because some people on ESPN, when I woke up the other morning, were talking about this. Tampa Bay, if you do think about it, they do have a little – it's not like a Boston dynasty where they're winning all these championships. But they get a little mini a mini dynasty going on in Tampa Bay. I mean, it's only been a couple of years, but – the what, Buc- what, give me the give me their accolades, and I'll decide if it's a dynasty. So basketball doesn't have any accolades because they don't have a team. Oh, you're talking about the city. Yeah, the okay. city of Tampa Bay. Okay, go ahead. So basketball has nothing going on because they don't have a team. Right. Hockey, obviously, you got back-to-back years. Yep. The Lightning are far and away the best team in Tampa Bay. But then you think about it, and then you go back to football. Tom Brady comes to town, and the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl last season. Yep. And then Tampa Bay, the Rays, as soon as Brady gets to town, all of a sudden they get to the World Series. They obviously didn't win it. But they got three titles in two years, four appearances. It's nothing like Boston. Yeah, it's nothing like Boston, but it's probably the closest thing to Boston that we've had in a long time. Four appearances in two years. What about L.A.? I mean, they got the Dodgers and the Lakers, and it's about it, right? The Kings aren't bad. They were good a little while ago. They were good back when your UMass guy was there. Well, he still is there, but I don't think he's done anything. Jonathan Quick. But, um, I mean, yeah, if you think about it, actually, Tom Brady gets to town, and did he get to town before Tampa? Yeah, he got to town before Tampa Bay won the first one. I guess it's just Tom Brady. Did he? Yeah, because it was the stupid COVID stuff. Oh, right, right, right. So Tom Brady comes to town, and just like that, three freaking championships as soon as Brady arrives. That's that's incredible, actually. So was that 14 total when Brady's been the quarterback, whether it's Tampa Bay or New England? Right? What? You get Combining all the sports, you get six New England Patriots. You got four Red Sox. You got a Bruins, a Celtics, 12, plus three, 15. That's great. I don't know how many people were, were following what you were talking about, but I just understood what you were trying to say. So you got 15 championships nothing to when do Brady was – I know. He has nothing to do with I think it. I think his presence has something to do with it. Yeah, I'm sure. Maybe it was all Giselle. But, I mean, obviously it's not a dynasty. Uh, the Revolution might have won one. The Revolution lost like four straight yeah. things. Yeah, they might have won one. What do know. they call them? But, yeah, it's not a dynasty. Games. But, but Tampa Bay, you got the Rays playing pretty good baseball right now in second place behind the Red Sox. You get the Lightning trying to three-peat next season, and then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are probably, what, the favorites right now? Second. Behind Kansas City? Yeah. So if you're a Tampa Bay... Makes no sense, but yeah. Yeah, who knows, because Brady's getting old. That's what they say every year. Whatever. But Tampa Bay has something nice going on. Congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning. 
because they were definitely the best team in hockey for most of the season, then they took it home. So, Jake, you got any leftover thoughts on your favorite team in hockey, the Tampa Bay Lightning? Definitely not my favorite team, but... No, I just I think they played like the team they should. A lot of times when you play a team you're supposed to beat, you might play down and and let that team in, and they really didn't do that. Um, you know, they they had a chance at the sweep, and and they didn't nice. they didn't do that, but but they were gentlemen about it, and and they took home the title. Yeah, congrats to Tampa Bay. So we'll talk about hockey. Probably give it a little rest for a little while until yeah, no more the hockey. off season. Something big happens in the off season. I don't think anything. Actually, you know what? Something else. Kind of big happen while I'm wearing the Bruins shirt. Might as well bring it up. Kevin Miller retired. Congratulations on a very short career. For Ke- Do you know about that? Yeah. Yeah, so Kevin Miller, for those of you that don't know, Bruins defenseman, was in Boston, if I had to guess, seven years in the organization. I don't know exactly. But Kevin Miller did retire, and unfortunately for him, a lot of injuries in his career kind of cut his Bruins career a little bit short. And just like that, Kevin Miller is no longer in the NHL. Hopefully, I think he can... What? Oh, that's your pen? Yeah. Jake's pen. I think Kevin Miller could make a good coach someday, but good career. He was a feisty competitor. Got got into some fights with the Bruins. Not a big goal scorer or anything like that, but he was a feisty little competitor. So Kevin Miller retires. Have a nice rest of your career, and we'll maybe see you on the show sometime. Maybe. So on to the next thing. The baseball... Second half was supposed to start tonight, but for those of you that don't know, the Yankees have some COVID trouble going on. I'm still shocked this is even happening. But after the All-Star break, one of the guys that was actually Aaron Judge, they announced today. Five Yankees apparently have COVID or were COVID tracing, however you want to call it. they'll be good by next week? I hope they'll be good by tomorrow. I don't. So the Red Sox-Yankees series was supposed to start tonight. Supposed to be the only game in professional sports going on tonight. But unfortunately, the Yankees COVID tracing. Aaron Judge has COVID. A couple of the other guys have COVID. So hopefully, the Red Sox and Yankees will be starting off that three-game series tomorrow. Maybe it will be a doubleheader or something. Who knows? Second half of the MLB season about to get underway. All-Star game and home run derby just actually took place this week. And Jake, I don't know if you watched all of it or how much you watched, but starting whole with the home thing. run, home run derby the overall whole thing, everything. You actually watched all of it? Yeah. So what are your what are your thoughts on the home run derby? Overall, what you saw from this home run derby, the home run derby in general, you think they should tweak anything next season? Yeah, I do think they should tweak something. You know, it was it was very entertaining, um, and they've definitely changed the style on it in, in the past few years. They used to, you know, penalize you for not hitting a home run. Um, now they just set a timer and let you swing away. Um, I like that. I don't. I. Th- I don't think you should be selective with your pitches in the home run derby. I think you should just be swinging for the fences every time. But I don't like this. This bonus time thing. This was. This was very annoying and somewhat hard to follow. I don't think they were super clear on the on how to do it. I understood by the end what was going on, but I don't know. It just seemed too wishy washy. A little. Yeah, it did seem too wishy washy. You know. <laughs> They you, this the three minutes and then you get thirty seconds for a long home run four seventy five or four eighty and then you get yeah. another thirty seconds if you hit like thirteen or fourteen home runs in the three minutes they give you. It seems everyone and got that. Every single person got the full minute of bonus time the entire time. So it was it really bonus time. Everyone got it. There was no bonus. It was just a, another little break they gave you. I think and, they want to extend the home run derby. Well, on the subject, I don't like this timeout thing either. Why, why should, I get it. Like these guys are swinging as hard as they can for three minutes, 
but they're professional athletes. Um, yeah, if you think about it, like, there's no timeout in the three-point contest. Yeah, there's no timeout during the three-point contest. You don't get to, like, take breaks in the skills challenge. Like, I don't... I don't know what they were trying to get Before at. Before my layup, I just needed a timeout. Shotani looked like he was about to throw up after swinging the bat for a minute and a half. Yeah, he, he, he had looked, to take a break. He looked like, really sick. The the break thing was stupid. That was really dumb. Um, all they did was go and like take two sips of Gatorade and then go back to swinging the bat. Um, and some of them, I guess, I, you can't really change your strategy. You're just you know you're hitting or you're not. Um, that being said, it was entertaining. Um, yeah, I'm going to be annoyed with everything. I'm very critical. But I I enjoyed seeing seeing these guys hit their home runs. Um, you know, it wasn't the most predictable home run derby. I think the, the fifth seed won it all. Yeah. The fifth seed won it all. I Mancini mean, got to the finals, though. Mancini got to the finals, and he was the sixth, I think. Um, Longest odds. Yeah, so that was good. And and uh, Juan Soto beat, uh, beat Otani in the first round. And that went to double overtime swing-off <laughs> with three three swings. And he had three home runs, and Otani couldn't hit one. So He didn't hit one? Well, yeah, he didn't hit he one. He did not hit one. Um, too tired. He, I don't know what was wrong with him. I, I mean, it showed in the All-Star game, too. He was kind of nervous. Um, were you going to talk about the All-Star game at all? Because we just talked about the Derby. Yeah, yeah. Let me hit on the Derby real fast. So, I mean, overall... I wouldn't mind if they went back to the old way where you get 10 outs just because I think it might be more interesting. The whole time thing I think is kind of stupid. The outs thing – but the, the only negative about the outs thing is I feel like they're gonna, the guy's going to not swing as much at all. That's right. They're going to wait for their pitch, so but, that kind of is annoying too. You know, on, on your point on the 10 outs, for anyone that watched, m- maybe this is just me, but I felt like a lot of guys took to that you know last minute 15 or, or last minute of their run – to actually get hot and, you know, crank out, you know, six or seven home runs in a row. Um, and before that, a lot of guys were, were hitting low balls that weren't getting out. And, oh, yeah, the whole time. Yeah, and it, it, if you were doing this 10-out thing, they would have had significantly less home runs. Yeah. I mean, or if they you think about it. they would have swung a lot They would have swung way more. Less. I mean, swung way less. Yeah. Yeah, they really would have. But, the, yeah, with the 10-outs, I mean, they did that for a while. Then they tried changing it to something else for a couple of years. Overall, I guess this is a good way to put it. But I just don't like it. I mean, a timed home run derby just doesn't seem too interesting. Overall, I think the product on what night was that a couple nights ago? It was a good night. Monday. It was a good and night because, Monday? yeah, mon- it was Monday. Sunday. Night. Was it? It wasn't the same night as the All-Star No, game, it, was Monday, right? it was Monday. I mean, going into the home run derby, the favorite was Shohei Otani. So I feel like for him not to win, it was kind of a little more interesting. Because going in, most people had him as the person that was going to win. And then, like Jake said, Otani gets upset by a guy, Juan Soto, who I really thought had no shot. I put a couple bets down on that, and I was really surprised that Soto beat him. Mm. And then overall, Trey Mancini, a very good story. A guy coming off, I believe it was stage three cancer, two years ago, comes back. He had the longest odds to win the home run derby. I thought going in, he had a chance. And he gets to the final round against a guy, Peter Alonzo, that just won it two he years ago. cracking that thing. And, if yeah, if it wasn't for Peter Alonzo being in the finals, Trey Mancini would he's have been your winner. He's won two in a row. Yeah, two in a row. Yeah, because there wasn't one last year. So, yeah, he's won two in a row. Peter Alonzo, after the first you round. You know I'm like, he'll be back for a third. You knew he was going to win after that first round, too. I'm like, oh, I don't he think he's going to He hit 35 home runs, and uh, Otani and Soto went to double overtime in theirs, and Soto won it with 31. 31. Can you believe that? And and Alonzo hit 35 without any overtime garbage. Yeah, I mean, overall on the Derby, I mean, it was a good product they put out there. Otani loses. You got a good story with Trey Mancini. A couple of other guys I was a little surprised 
Trevor were in the Story. home run derby. I mean, Trevor Story was in the home run derby because he wanted to be there in front of his home crowd. Sounds like he won the first round. Yeah, he won. So I didn't have him. Who did he be in the first round? I didn't have him winning. Gallo. Yeah, he beat Joey Gallo, who other people, I feel like Joey Gallo, a lot of people had winning as well. So I thought he could have. Gallo, Alonzo, and Otani were probably the three guys I had that were thought were going to win. Mm-hmm. And then and then just like that, Story wins in front of his home crowd in the first round. He kind of sucked and in the Soto second round. Soto beat Otani. So there were a couple of It became upsets. anybody's game. Yeah, and overall, the thing with the time thing, I feel like maybe the timeouts, if you think about it, these guys are going, they're just going to see a home run derby. And what, after an hour and 45 minutes, you're going home? It's like you show up to the ballpark. Oh, you're talking about a fan? Yeah, as a fan. I mean, the fans, it's a quick night. The fans in that outfield probably went home with about 10 baseballs each because they cracked out about 300 home runs. Oh, I'd rather be in the – I mean, being close to home play would be kind of cool, but I feel like after a while, it's like the same thing over and over and over again. Did you see they carted a kid off? Yeah. He got – didn't a kid get knocked out? Yeah. I saw one of the balls came flying. I don't know who hit that, but he like went over the, the railing. Guy fell over a railing. Yeah, he went over the yeah. railing in right field. I thought I was watching WWE SummerSlam. I mean, that was insane. But going to these comments really quick, Brandon Farrar, my freshman year roommate. I'm still getting emotional thinking about that, Brandon. We're not talking about basketball yet. Chris Middleton is too inconsistent to be a superstar. We'll, we'll hit on that soon, but I like Chris Middleton. And then Matthew Yeah, all Warren. the lower seeds won in the first round. Matthew Dorn, I thought Ohtani was going to win. What's also crazy Soto's, is that all the Soto, Story, Mancini, and Alonzo. Wow. Good point by Matthew. Wow. That's crazy. But, um, and then Bridget said hi. Hey, Bridget, what's going on? The comments are coming back. And then, yeah, that is crazy. All the, I wonder if that's ever happened. All the lower seeds winning in, um, in one round. Wait, who was the five seed? Um, Story? No, Alonzo. Oh, yeah, Alonzo was a five-seat for some stupid reason because he's not hitting a lot of home runs this year. But overall, home run derby, good product. i like to see him change a couple things next season, what they could change. Maybe I'll get back to on a different episode. home run derby? Yeah. No timeout. How about if they set up two home plates next to each other and the people are competing against each other go at the exact same time? They better be a cage. What if they, like, hit each other on a foul tip? No, I don't think there are any foul tips. <laughs> they, they can put a barrier up. Yeah, that would be crazy. That'd that be would cool. actually be pretty sick. That would be cool. And then you, like, split the screen. I didn't like the I didn't like the broadcast. I thought the way they split the screen on TV was absolutely absurd. They missed some of the home runs. They didn't even show some of the home runs landing. It was a terrible product to show on TV. And That's because they were they pitching the next ball before the... And the first one came down. I think because they were in Denver, the ball had to go to space before it could land in the outfield. Yeah, and by the way, the home run derby in Denver was kind of—I mean, it's they good. wanted more home runs. It was supposed to be in Atlanta, you know, but the whole political bullshit—they had to move it to Denver. They wanted more home runs. Yeah, and you get more home runs when it's in Denver. I hope they bring it to Fenway next season. That would get—that would be awesome. That's, get, they're never going to put the home run derby in Fenway. It's been there once. Yeah, but they with the monster, it's like a totally different ball game. And they, I'm sure those outfield seats are like very highly priced for yeah. the home run derby, and there's so many less of those in Boston. Imagine than being in the monster for the home run derby. Yeah, like you'd get hit by a ball, you'd probably fall off trying to catch one. Yeah, you'd be like um, in the movie Ted when he just falls down. You pro- like they probably won't do that because somebody will fall off. That'd be crazy. I mean, we'll talk about that a different time. A wins the All Star game like every year. All right, yeah, Matthew. So moving they do on win every year. Moving on to the All Star game. I, I like the baseball Oscar game a lot more than any other Oscar game. Who called the MVP? Oh, yeah. Jake bet on the MVP, won some money. So congratulations to Jake Platter. And you related to him, Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? We're third cousins. So Jake Platter and his third cousin, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., 
won the MVP in the All-Star game. Compared to other sports, I think this might be my favorite All-Star game because hockey sucks. Football this, sucks. This one actually means something. Basketball, well, not really anymore. They, they don't do that anymore? They used to do the winner of the All-Star game gets home field in the home run. They don't do in that the, anymore? In the World Series, no. If you think about it, that's terrible. What do they do now? An All-Star game to have fun. How do they decide home field? The best record in the regular that's season. That's stupid. I like the I liked the All-Star game thing. No way. I don't think it should decide home field in the World Series. Why? Because, for example, I'm not predicting anything, but say this year is like the Red Sox and Dodgers, and then the Red Sox have like 15 more wins than the Dodgers, but then the AL, say the NL won the All-Star game, and that doesn't have anything to do with that. But, but, the Red Sox had like five All-Stars, so shouldn't they be out there trying to earn their home field if they think they're going to be in the World Series? Yeah, but what if like all the rest of the guys on the other team screw up? Like, come on. Then that's how it goes. I think, no, no sport should decide. I mean, it does make it more interesting, but I don't think any sport should decide home field for a World Series, NBA Finals, or any of that bullshit. But speaking of the All-Star game, it is a competitive game because the thing I like about it is every inning you're basically seeing a different pitcher. And a lot of team, times we're not watching these NL pitchers on TV that you get to see. They're low-scoring games, that's for sure. They're low-scoring games. The old, the unders hit in 14 of the last 16 seasons. I wish I put way more money on it than I did because I thought that was an absolute lock to hit. Connor didn't, but he's not here, so we won't talk to him about that right now. Connor told me I was an idiot. No, you're not. You're a nice Jewish record. Oh, but what do you think about the All-Star game, Jake? Did you enjoy it? Did you hate it? Did you love it? Did you like it? What's going on? What a wide range of feelings I could have for this game. Um, Yeah, I I did like it. Honestly, I I found it, it, as surprising as it sounds, I'm a huge basketball fan. And I found this All-Star game far more entertaining than the NBA All-Star game. Yeah, I like the NBA All-Star um, game. I felt like both teams were trying to win this game throughout. Um, it's probably because baseball is a pretty low-stress game. Um, so it's easier for these guys to, you know, go out and try to win. Whereas in basketball, like, you can hurt yourself or, you know, whatever. You can get collide, get injured. <sighs> What are you doing? Stop it. I was liking um, his comment here. So, um, I did enjoy the game a lot. I liked seeing all the different pitchers. They had a ton of DH guys, a bunch of subs for the batters. You get to see a lot of different people. Um, and, I don't know, it was low scoring, which, you know, doesn't make it super exciting. But there were some home runs. Um, you know, everyone's favorite player got to be out there. So, it was cool. Yeah, it was a fun product. I mean, the thing... What did I know? I mean, some of the guys did back out, like Mookie Betts. He had a terrible season. He said he wasn't going to play either way. Unfortunately, Jake DeGrom, we didn't get to see him in it because he's a little sore. He's been sore the whole season. So some of the some of the better guys in baseball, you didn't get to see playing the game. But like I said before, we're watching these Red Sox games, and we barely get to see some of the All-Stars in the National League, like Fernando Tatis Jr., some of the best pitchers in the game, like Brandon Woodruff and some of these other guys. And it was a, it's an enjoyable product because you get to see a different pitcher every inning. Yep. You get to see guys subbed in and subbed out. It was got very to see Evaldi. Evaldi, you got to see Barnes. the Red Sox. The Red Sox played pretty well in the Austin game. Besides, Barnes got out of a jam, uh, well, well, and J.D. Martinez Devers wasn't good. good. Devers got one hit. Xander Bogarts was the only guy in the Austin game that had multiple hits, which was pretty good to see that. And it was good to see yeah, five but, Red Sox in the game. Guerrero had a, a two-RBI home run. And he had a ground out that brought home. Yeah, but the, yeah. yeah, he got a ground out, that, a sacrifice ground out. Yeah, it was fun to see the guys. It was good to see not as many Yankees in the game this year. Hit. But overall, I think this All-Star game is better than other sports. You get to see these hitters. It's not like they're they're making these alley-oop dunks every single time I down the floor. I hate the Pro Bowl. Yeah, the Pro Bowl is terrible. I don't even watch the Pro Bowl. Last time I watched the Pro Bowl, I think 
I think it was a 99 eating mozzarella sticks. The last time I watched the Pro Bowl, Tyler Eifert broke his back mid-game, and then they stopped trying to play yeah. in the Pro Bowl. Oh, yeah, that actually did. I forgot about yeah. that. No, That's but, a career-ending game for him, and, and it was the Pro Bowl. What else happened in the All-Star game? I like when they announce the players at the beginning when they come out. It's always mm-hmm. enjoyable to see all the different guys out there. And like I said, I mean, having five Red Sox in it this season – it was very good. That's a lot of players. Very good to see five Red Sox. Just got another comment. Who's it from? It was very good to see the Red Sox showing out in the game as well. And Matt Dorn says, I don't know. I think baseball going to be pretty stressful if it's close. And yeah, I agree I with you. I didn't mean like nerve, nerve-breaking nerve stress. I meant like stress on the body. That's why they try harder because they're not going to kill themselves playing baseball. You didn't whereas, mean like a hard attack whereas, Yeah, whereas Giannis isn't going to decide to yeet on LeBron or Durant. Because he doesn't want to hurt anybody. That you're not going to see that. I mean, did you see any guys in the All Star game slide headfirst into home to try no. and beat the beat the the throw in? No way. But like, how often does that come up? All I meant was that they're not going to hurt themselves playing in the All Star game, so it can be a little more competitive. All right. So baseball. Before we go, it. yeah, I get what, I get what you're both talking about. Both sides. All right. Thoughts going into the second half of the MLB season. Season was supposed to start tonight. Zero thoughts. Tonight's Red Sox Yankee game postponed because of COVID. So, they call it the halfway point, but it's really more than halfway over, a little more than halfway over. I'm very excited because I really, truly, truly, truly think that the Red Sox have a chance to go very far this season. I think that they're going to win the AL pennant this season, and I'm not going to predict anything in the World Series, but I think if you're a betting man, I'd take a shot at the World Series prop that the Red Sox might win the World Series this season. I think this is a very good team. I think they just called up Jaron Duran, for those of you that aren't familiar with the Red Sox prospects. Jaron Duran's one of the best prospects in the Red Sox system. I saw him in the Cape League a couple years back. He's going to be, I think he has a chance to be a real phenom in the majors. What's he play? He's a center fielder, and the Red Sox plan on having him as a starting center fielder, moving to Kike Hernandez to second base. I was telling my dad this earlier today. If you look at the Red Sox lineup one through nine, I think it really is the best in the majors right now. Wow. Not too many weak spots when you have Christian Vasquez and Bobby Dahlbeck as your eight and nine hitters in the lineup. I think it's a deep, deep lineup. I think you look at the bench, you're bringing guys like Marlon Gonzalez and Christian Arroyo off the bench. You have 11 or 12 different guys that can play really good baseball out there. The rotation does have some question marks, but the big news is it sounds like Chris Sale should be back in a couple weeks. And the way Nathan Evaldi's pitching right now, if you have those guys at the top of the rotation, you have two pretty reliable arms. And the good news also for the Red Sox out of that starting rotation is Eddie Rodriguez cannot be much worse than he was in that first half. So I'm expecting him to bounce back. And then Nick Pavetta has been a surprise. Martin Perez hasn't been too bad. And overall, the rotation's not top five in the league, but I think if the lineup keeps doing what they're doing, the bullpen keeps doing what they're doing, I think the Red Sox have a real shot to go pretty far this season, and I think it's going to be a fun second half. They only have a a two-and-a-half game lead in the division on the Tampa Bay Rays. But right now, if you're asking me to pick someone to come out of the American League, I think I'm pretty confident saying it's the Red Sox. Yeah, no, the Angels kind of stink. They got Mike Trout, who's hurt. They got Shohei Otani, but that rotation's garbage. If it's not the Red Sox, though, probably the White Sox, I'd say, or the Houston Astros. Or the Rays. The Rays are also good, too, especially they came they came in pretty good last season. They're still pretty hot. And then going to the National League, if you had to ask me who I think is going to come out of the National League right now, I'd probably, go with, the, I'd probably go with the Dodgers. The Padres are good. I don't think the rotation's quite up to speed with the Dodgers rotation, especially if the Dodgers get Trevor Bauer back. And then you're talking about three guys with – Clayton Kershaw and Trevor Bauer and Walker Bueller, and then 
Mookie Betts is a guy that had a terrible first half, but I think he's going to... You can only play better. He's going to bring it back in the second half as well. The crazy thing is, first half of the season's over, and the San Francisco Giants are the best team in baseball. 25 games above 500. That's crazy. Nobody had him. Nobody had him. Nobody had the Sox either. Yeah, nobody had the Sox and the Red Sox. I believe the Sox, Giants, top two teams in baseball. We'll see if that holds up. I don't think the Giants are going to end up winning the West because you get the Dodgers and Padres too, but those are my thoughts going into the second half. I hope Fernando Tatis can win MVP because... It'll look pretty good on 484sports.com for me. But I think Fernando Tatis Jr. is going to be the NL MVP. The American League MVP is a little up in the air right now between Shohei Otani and Vladimir Guerrero. But I think if Otani keeps pitching the way he's pitching and hitting the way he's hitting... It will be Otani. He's got got more opportunity here. Way more opportunity. He's cracking home runs like nobody's business. And he's pitching 99-mile-an-hour fastballs. Yeah. Name another another guy outside Babe Ruth who, who can do that. Nobody. Jake, you have, you have any predictions before the second half gets started on who's going to be in the World Series? No. Red Sox-Padres? Yeah. <laughs> so we get the Red Sox-Padres. I'm going to go with the Red Sox-Dodgers, but it's going to be an interesting— How many in a row would that be for the Dodgers? Oh, they didn't make it last year, right? Yeah, it was raised Dodgers. But the year before—no, they did make it. Yeah, number one. Is that like three—they already made like three in a row, haven't they? Yeah, this would be—no, this would be the third, I think. No, the yeah, Red Sox-Dodgers— Raised Dodgers cancellation because of COVID. Yeah, be the third because the COVID cancellations are screwing up lots of things, especially tonight's baseball game. But hopefully, we're back in the swing of things tomorrow with the Red Sox and Yankees because we got all of the teams back in action tomorrow night. So that's your baseball. Seven and a half minutes. Tomorrow? They might. I don't know what they're going to do. It depends how many guys have COVID. Apparently, Scranton, whoever's interested in Scranton Wilkesbury, they're beating the Worcester Woo Sox ten to two right now in the Triple A South Division. Because nothing else is on TV, so that's what we're trying to have. Asher Wojciechowski is pitching. Asher Wojciechowski. That's what I said. I think he's actually been in the majors before. I remember him for the Philadelphia Phillies. I'll have to look that up. All right, moving on to basketball, and then we'll finish with our three football teams of the week. Before we move on to the NBA Finals, haven't done this in a while. This show is sponsored by Service with a Smile. Call Victor Miller at six one seven six two zero zero two zero seven if you want to ride to the airport. If you want to ride to Cobb's Corner. If you want to ride. Anywhere you want, really. They have a pretty good deal at Wendy's right now. If you're drunk, he'll probably come pick you up, depending on the time and place. If you want to ride to May East, get some Mai Tais for later on the night. He'll probably be there waiting for you. No, he'll be there waiting forever. If you want to ride to Madison Atardo's birthday, spectacular tomorrow at Barrett's. I mean, just let him know. 617-620-0207. Service with a smile. Do that one more time slower so that the, the fans can understand what you're 617 Six two zero zero two zero seven. Service with a smile. All right, week forty six is about halfway through right now. But Jake, he told me he has, he has to tell me something. It was a secret. I don't know what it is. It might be something that we can't discuss on the show. But moving on to the NBA finals. Last time we talked. Oh, last time we talked. Actually, the NBA finals were just about to tip off because we stopped the show and we're like tip off's about my to happen. Pred- my prediction is already impossible. What do you say? Four games to one. Yes, I did. I said Milwaukee would win in it six. It looked like it could have been four games to one, but we'll get into that a little bit more. But, um, yeah, four games. Oh, yeah, the Dodgers won last year. It's two to Matthew. two. Yeah, finals are two games to two right now. The home team has won every game so far. I that had, will continue. I had Milwaukee winning the series game. in six. You think the home team's going to win every game? No. So Jake believes in Phoenix. So, Jake, before we go talk about the series, what's happened so far... You got six-game series? 
Yeah, now I do, sure. Now I have a six-game series. Um, Phoenix in six. I I don't like when a team wins a, a championship, let alone their first ever championship on the road. But I think Phoenix is the better team. And, and I think that, you know, they have more firepower at the top. I think they're deeper. I think that they have the ability to win, especially in Phoenix. I think they'll take the lead. And then I think that they have the ability to win a game on the road in Milwaukee. Um, I just don't – I don't like Giannis's game for a championship-caliber player and team. I, I think he's too limited. When he's hitting his turnaround jump shots and his, you know, mid-range yeah, and three threes, he's, he's very hard to cover, but he doesn't do that every night. Um, Middleton's a fantastic player. Drew oh, Holliday, Middleton is unbelievable. Drew Holiday has been a void. He, he is terrible. Um, he can't do much. Lopez has been on and off. He's, he's not bad. Their bench hasn't done anything for me at all. T, I think Teague is a, a – he doesn't belong there. Connaughton's been good. Connaughton's been fine. He's a good shooter. Um, and Portis. He's and been. Portis has been good. But I don't think Teague belongs. I don't think um, – oh, who's the, the other guy? Bryn Forbes. He didn't even Bryn play Bryn Forbes. Game. I don't think he really belongs either. I guess he's a really good shooter, but I haven't seen it. Um, I really like the, the Phoenix bench. I think Cameron Payne is a very good bench scorer. He always puts up at least you know, 10, 15 a night. Cam uh, Johnson has been Cam Johnson's unreal. Been, I want him. Cam he's Johnson good has been unreal. He's going to get a lot of money, Cam Johnson. Maybe. When he's a free agent. Um, and, and even Torrey Craig hasn't been bad. Eh. Um, I mean, they're only playing him because Dario's out, and I think he's doing pretty good. Um, I just think that Phoenix has, has more in the tank. I think if you, if you look top to bottom, they're the better team. I think, you know, Booker and Paul are, are one of the best backcourts in the NBA. Um, I think Crowder is a very good defender, and I know they don't really have anyone that can stop Giannis one-on-one, but Crowder is a, is a good bet for it. Um, and I think Aiton has a clear advantage over Lopez. He I needs think. to be better, though. He yeah, needs he, needs, be better. he needs to be better offensively, but he had like 20 rebounds last game. He, he's definitely doing his part. He just needs to do a little bit more on the offensive end. Um, and I, I, Giannis has been inconsistent. Um, he, he's been doing decent, but Middleton... Yeah, back-to-back 40-point games. Yeah, but Middleton has been putting up a show. Yeah, I mean, Middleton, like Kurt Perkins said a couple weeks back, he said the Batman and Robin. He said Middleton was the Batman. I mean, and he in the, the Robin. fourth quarter, Middleton absolutely is Batman. It, it's, no, it's no question. Without Middleton, this team would be nothing. Yeah, and, it wouldn't be that and good. And that's, that's saying there'll be nothing with a two-time MVP still on the team and an all-NBA defensive player on the team. Chris Middleton is the reason this team can play in close games. He's a they, walking bucket. He is a walking bucket that has one of the weirdest looking faces I've ever seen. He kind of um, looks like, what's he, a flamingo? I don't even know what he looks like. I don't, he looks almost inhuman. Um, no, I told you, he looks like E.T. Chris Middleton <laughs> no, looks like E.T. His eyes are like bugging out of his head. Yeah. But that's because he's so focused on the rim. Um, he, Phone home. With, if they, without Middleton, like I said, without Middleton, this team cannot play in a close game because they wouldn't have anyone that could get a shot for him. No. But, with him, they, they are very capable of winning games. I mean, they're, they're obviously, it's 2-2 in the finals right now, and I think it's almost fully because of him. Giannis has had a terrible game one. I think in their losses, Giannis is the reason they lost. And in their wins, Middleton is a big part of it. Um, I just think Phoenix has more. I think Booker, we're going to talk about it. I think Booker got a lesson learned in, in the last game, and I think Chris Paul isn't going to do what he did in game four ever again. 
Um, game three, he wasn't that good either. Chris Paul was a big reason why I think they – I mean, he wasn't the only he reason why. He had 32 and 20-something in their wins. He's had, I believe he's had 12 turnovers in those two losses. Oh, Chris, it was terrible. In the last game, they had a chance to, what, tie it on that one of the possessions? lost the dribble. And that's a Chris Paul play that you've barely ever seen. One of the biggest possessions in the game, he loses the dribble. I mean, Chris Paul wasn't the only reason they lost the game. But he had, I believe he had two points at halftime. He really he wasn't good. He finished with like 12. He finished with 12. A lot of them were just not what, even. What do, you, what do you think the series goes right now? I'm completely stuck. I, I was saying this the other night. For the first time in a long time, I mean, yeah, we do a little bit of betting on the show. We're not going to tell you all of our bets. But I'll admit, like last year, it was, I don't know how I did it, but I got every single spread right. The Lakers, heat. I knew exactly what was going on in that series. This series, I have no idea where I am. I I have no idea where so I am. Just so everyone right knows, he didn't know what was going on last year either. He got what we call lucky. No, but I, I predicted the series. I predicted the spreads. I knew who was going to win the series. I was confident in LeBron oh, and the did, Lakers. Did you know the Lakers were going to beat the Miami Heat, who had no business at all being in I, the NBA Finals? Yeah, but you said, what did you say? It would be like 4-1 to one or something? I don't know what I said. I nailed that series last year. I the think spread, I was just really hopeful that Heat were going to win. The spread, the money lines, the player props, the, the halftime show. Did you want Jimmy to win? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't want to see LeBron win, but that's how it went. And Jay Crowder is back in the finals again. And this year, I'll admit, before the series started, I said Milwaukee would win in six, and at least that's still possible. But I don't I don't know who's going to win the series. I really don't. I mean, if I had a guess right now, I'll say Phoenix is going to hold the home court down and win the series. Maybe, I'll say in seven games. I'll say the home court's just going to flip-flop, 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 and flip-flop sandal, some more the rest sandal, of the way. Sandal, sandal, sandal. But right now... I'll admit, I won't be surprised if Milwaukee wins. I won't be surprised if Phoenix wins. It's it's a really enjoyable to watch Devin what Booker. What would you be surprised? What would I be surprised at? I would be surprised if Milwaukee wins in six now, I guess. I would be shocked. If they win if they win next game. I, they, think I mean, they, do, they have all the momentum, but I still would be surprised. Another thing from last game really quick was those refs just didn't want Devin Booker to follow up. That six My foul. turn to talk. Did you see that? My turn to talk. Oh, this is what this is what yes. happened. Yes. Booker had that six foul. I wanna, the I rest wanna, of them want to be out of the game. I want to pose a question to you, and I want to pose a question to our two wonderful viewers, um, and, and anyone else that feels the need to chime in here. This has been a long debated conversation. That I have always felt extremely strongly in one direction on, but people like to argue with me on it. And here's the question. Is the NBA rigged? No, but in that last two minutes it was. Then it's rigged. I mean, I don't what think... Are you, what are you trying to say? You don't... I've never seen something like that in a long time. He basically... Is the NBA rigged? I don't think it's rigged. I don't think any of these sports are rigged. Is the I'm not saying is every game predetermined. I'm not saying no, but I'm not saying do they know who the MVP is when the season starts. I'm not saying you know when they go into this series that they're gonna say all right, it's gonna go two zero, that play two, and then whatever. I'm not. That's not what I'm saying. That play was rigged. to me. That is not what rigged is. To me, rigged is like a narrative or like an agenda. Rigged like do, does does the NBA have influence does the nba use the puppet strings the puppet to, to make things happen and i i fully believe that i've always felt that that was the case more than any other league i felt that the nba has this this goal in mind and they will they will you know move pieces around to make sure it happens and i think that last night was the most recent and clear example that the nba has to be rigged just now, that one play 
one play, he did it twice. He gave him a he beer head. He did it twice. But then he, they, he they did called it fo- twice. But then they called fouls earlier in the game that really weren't fouls as well. Who cares? I don't once a pl- once a play is done, it's done. That shouldn't I get a makeup call, but you don't go, oh, Devin Booker got a touch foul in the first quarter. Both that could have gone 50 50. How many I think, the four, I think in the fourth quarter, when he completely wraps up Chris Middleton, he gave him a beer hug. We shouldn't give a foul on that. Like, that's not, that's not how it the works. referees got the completely refs- stuck. Let me ask you the, the basketball and the players are moving at 100 miles an hour while these refs are running up and down the court as fast as humanly possible to keep up with the freaks of nature they're supposed to judge. How are they supposed to not only look at the play and in a moment make a whisk, make a call and make a play or not make a play, how are they supposed to also think, well, in the first half, the, the call should have gone this way, but really it didn't, so now I'm going to say... Do you not think the NBA is hard to officiate? I think it's extremely hard to officiate. Hardest sport to officiate. Fucking abundant and clear that Devin Booker fouled him twice. He came over the top with him. He wrapped up his body and he stopped him from shooting. They completely turned around. If I had the play in front of me, I'd show you. I'd show them. There is no. It was a bad call. That didn't happen. Let me let me ask you this, okay? Many times at the end of games, after games, the league comes. I don't. I don't even know who the league is. What with the report? The yeah, the report. report. Oh, Devin Booker should have gotten sixth foul here. Devin Booker should yeah, well, have no gotten sixth foul thirty seconds later. Yeah, no shit. But why didn't they call it? Why didn't they call it the second because time? Because they swallowed they, their whistles. No, because they wanted Booker in the game. They in a close game in a in a game where it could come yeah, down. Yeah, and that in I'm a not game. So, you're saying could, overall the NBA's rigged. Yeah, hell yeah. The I rest am. of the series they've been pretty damn good. In a game, where, well, that's because they don't care. I don't think they really care who wins this championship. And, of course they don't care. But why would they care who wins? I think again, I like obviously they're not betting on the obviously games. Obviously, the Lakers and the Heat is a lopsided series, but I think they were going to make sure the Lakers won that series. They're like, not going to make sure they win the series. If the Heat were the better team, the I Heat weren't going to lose the I freaking think series. They, they stack the balls a little bit in the NBA lottery. Why wouldn't they show you the lottery when? You know why they don't show you the lottery while it's happening? Because I guarantee you, if that you four, mean the ping pong balls? Yes, because I guarantee you, if that fourteenth team came up in the thing, they'd throw it back in and do it again. I don't think they would have done that. Yes, they would. No way. That that's why they don't. Don't show you. I'm not a rig type of person. Oh my god! The, see the this no is what I, this is why I brought the question up. That the one play, it was a bad. They, is, it was one call. No, one call. They, no, it's not. They wanted Booker in the game because it was a tight game, and they want obviously Devin, they wanted they him want in the game. Devin Booker shooting oh, the ball in, in the spotlight. For the NBA Finals to take a 3-1 series lead, they want to see that happen. It didn't end up happening, but they want to at least have, give the team the opportunity they were to afraid make that to make, happen. They were afraid to make the one call. Totally disagree. I think they were afraid to make the call. They didn't make the call. They didn't influence the game. It maybe Any might have influenced here? the game. Are there comments about I don't this? think the NBA is rigged. Please. Is the NBA rigged? It's not rigged. Of course not. I don't think it's rigged. You think baseball is rigged? Do you think football is rigged? Do you think hockey is rigged? You could say every sport is rigged. I think... That the NBA is clearly rigged, um, and other sports, I'm gonna say, not so much. I mean, you don't watch baseball and hockey enough. I don't watch baseball that much, and I think it's harder to. to basketball, basketball is the hardest sport to officiate. Is significantly harder to rig. I mean, like you're either gonna hit the ball or you're not. Like in, in yeah, bas- but you can call a ball or a strike. That's not a. You don't think it's a ball or a strike. I mean, come on, you can say any that's, sports. Yeah, rigged. that's true, but like. How often? How often does one ball or one strike change the game in the NBA? In the NBA, there's like a hundred, a hundred possessions, and games often come down to two or three of them. I've seen a baseball game five five, 
bottom of the ninth inning, bases loaded, two outs, three balls, two strikes. They call strike three. It would have been ball four. It would have been game over. I mean, you can rig any sport if you really wanted to. I think it was a bad call. Obviously, we all saw it with our own two eyes. The referees admitted it after the game. They missed the call. At least two of them did. I don't know what the third one was thinking. But still, it was a bad call. Is it going to affect the series? I don't think it's going to really affect the series. Whether Milwaukee's the best team, I don't whether think Phoenix is the best team. I don't think it will affect the series. The best team's going to win. I don't think it will affect this series because I think the right call would have been a foul on Phoenix. And, with, and without Booker, they would have lost. And they lost anyway. So I don't think it will affect the series. I'm just trying to, to you know... Yeah, they wanted state, Booker in the game. State this point that they clearly wanted Booker in the game. They, he did it twice, and they didn't take him out on either of them. Like, hey, good. Milwaukee won. Let, let me ask you. I get swallowing your whistle, not wanting to make a call. After the first one, which I think was more clearly a foul than the second one, and, and they see this and think, oh, yeah, that was – Let's say let's the second say one he got. He's second one he got all ball. Let's say it was a mistake. He didn't get any ball. He didn't. He, he got, got some ball all body and, and they got a hoop. It should have been an M one. Um, on the first one that was wrapped up and Giannis just happened to get the rebound and score. On that one, if the refs look at that during the game in the moment and say, "Oh, oh darn, I should have made that call." Don't you think they'd be more likely to make the call in the next one? Don't you think they would do that? Yeah, but you're th- I think and you're they think- didn't do I it. Think it's because they- they- they you're thinking about this too much. Game. No, I don't. But they my- missed a freaking call. No, Everyone misses my, calls. My final. Everyone misses my calls. My final thought on the. Subject, I want to see you go out there and ref. I'd love to. <laughs> my final thought on the subject is that there is a clear, you know, entertainment factor here. Obviously, people watch to be entertained, but the purpose of the NBA, beyond anything else, for the for the people and players involved, is. To make money. That's right, Justin. To make money. Yeah, no so, shit. But if Giannis is going to follow a game, they're not going to be afraid to follow Giannis of a game. Totally disagree. We've seen in past NBA finals. Totally there's been, disagree. There's been pure you. examples in past NBA finals. Kobe Bryant follow, followed out of games in the NBA finals before. Mm-hmm. Why did that happen? Because he followed out of the fucking game. That's why it fucking happened. Players foul out of games. You can foul out of the game. MLB pitchers get ejected from games. The best players happen. get ejected oh, from games. It can absolutely happen. Quarterbacks, crazy things happen in games. Penalties, all this other crap, mm-hmm. holds on Brady, whatever it is, in the snowball. You saw shit like that happen I'm all not, the time. Stuff's going to happen. You got me all wrong. You got me all wrong. I think you're I'm thinking not, of it because we saw one play in this last game, you, mainly no, because of what no, happened to Devin no. Booker. No, You got me all wrong. It's you're not, not rigged. You're not listening to what I'm saying. You're thinking it from you the whole are, perspective. You it's are not rigged. not listening to what I'm saying. I'm completely listening. I, I just think, no, you're not. I think it's a terrible point. I think, because I'm not saying. I think it's a terrible point. I think it's an absolutely horrific point that you're making. You let me say the words out of my mouth. Connor, where are you? You listen to me. I'm listening. It's a bad point. You got me all wrong. I am not saying that every game and every play is monitored and controlled. So why don't you just say the Saints game was rigged? Because they wanted Booker in the game. It was so clear they wanted Booker in the game. So next time say you thought this one game was rigged. You said the NBA is rigged. It is rigged. So you think the whole NBA is rigged? No, I don't think every fucking play and every pass and every call is predetermined. Not rigged. I don't think every outcome is predetermined. I think that they... (laughs) Would like to see something happen, and when they have an opportunity to do so, they sometimes do it. No, yeah, this in this last game, I think overall ninety, I'd say ninety six to ninety seven percent of the time, the referees are doing the absolute best job they can. Try going out on an NBA floor in front of millions of people every game throughout the season and refing. You're gonna miss probably seventy to eighty to ninety to hundred, probably to two hundred calls every fucking game. Obviously, last game, if you watched it. 
They gave him a beer hug like I'm giving Jake the biggest hype, freaking hug of his life. They missed the call. Yeah, they missed the call, but overall, the NBA's not ready. The NFL's not ready. The MLB's not ready. The NHL's not ready. Show me the pink. The WWE, balls. the WWE, you got some Heinz ketchup in your what pocket. You, what are you touching me for? It's not really blood, but that could be rigged. Overall, yeah, Jake, they made a bad call. They made, yeah, two bad calls. They probably made 20 or 30 bad calls if you want to watch the tape for the next 48 I hours. I want to read that comment. What comment? The bottom one. Who commented? I don't know. Joe Murphy. It's not rigged per, per se, however. The NBA and ESPN are big market focused. Correct. LA, New That's York That's exactly what I said. They're influenced by money. Yeah, it's not rigged. Not rigged at all. We'll see what happens next game. Show, we'll me, see the ping, it. show me the ping pong ball. Hey, maybe next time, Devin Booker, don't get yourself into so much foul trouble. Oh, totally agree. That was bonehead on him. Yeah, he made a stupid foul on his fifth foul. And then he, he, had made, a, he made four stupid fouls. He, he was had throwing shoulders. He was doing stupid He had to sit for half of the fourth quarter. and I mean, I cost, have, It cost him the game. It, I mean, he came into the game. They were still up by like two or three points. And Could have been up ten. Chris Paul cost them the game, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, absolutely agree. And Giannis had a big block. That was really huge. Chris Paul. That was... A great block, but it, but I'm not going to discredit the block because he had to catch up to make a great play. That ball was thrown really high. Aiton, I don't even think Aiton was going to score it. Who knows? But if Chris Paul doesn't step up, Devin Booker can't do this all on his own. If Chris no Paul doesn't step up and become a scoring option, Milwaukee's going to win the championship. That's fair. I think Drew Holiday needs to do something about it too. Yeah, he can't shoot four for 20 like he did last game either. All right, moving on to the rigged portion of this episode. Yes. We're going to go to the this Dallas pre- Cowboys. This was predetermined. The Dallas Cowboys are our first team we're discussing. Got about 10 or 15 minutes left on the show. Thanks for listening and enjoying. A lot of comments say this is a popular episode. Maybe Connor doesn't need to show up at all. Though. That's because I'm very controversial. I was going to sneeze. All right, starting off with the Dallas Cowboys. After this, we'll have 16 teams left. So we'll be exactly halfway through. So that How means- many weeks until the season begins? Like six, seven. So we got one episode, two episodes, three episodes, four episodes, five, six, seven. Also, oh, we'll, we'll be yeah, doing we the draft special. Yeah, so maybe on the draft special, we'll just not be pretty special it, yeah. and not do anything. Yeah. All right, so starting off with the Dallas Cowboys, for those of you listening, it's almost that time for fantasy football, so we'll start talking about that soon as well. And the Dallas Cowboys depth chart is brought to you by a Service with a we Smile. Need like a full week. NFL preview episode, too. You mean a fantasy football preview? No. Oh, yeah, usually before the season starts. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll, we'll get some more. So in. we have like five weeks to do 16 teams. Yeah, so we're doing three a week. Jake's not going to be here one week. I might not. Actually, I'll try my best to be here. We might have to call people like Greg Blanchard and be, oh, my God, that would be terrible. Oh, sorry. I forgot he was here. All right, on to the Dallas Cowboys. Starting starting with the special teams. Greg Zerline and Brian Anger. Anger? Anger. Greg Anger. Zerline. Greg Zerline's been around for a while. Brian Anger's been around for a while. Let's move What's on. What's his nickname? Anger Management? No, Legatron. Oh, you're talking about Zerline? Yeah. All right, so the special teams, probably middle of the pack. We're not going to dive too deep into that. Starting off with a 3-4-4-3 defense. Defensive line for the Cowboys. You got Demarcus Lawrence. No way. Demarcus Lawrence up front with Randy Gregory, oh. Neville Gallimore, and Tristan Hill. Uh-oh. Randy Gregory. Yeah, isn't he the one that, like, murdered someone? Yeah. Yeah, so Randy Gregory. They got some thugs on the line. Randy Andrew. Yeah, so you get Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory, Neville Gallimore and Tristan Hill. Not bad. Not bad, but not too good either. So if you're a defensive line guy, 
I wouldn't be too excited about this defense. Yeah, if you're a defensive line guy, <laughs> defensive line. Don't coach. watch this team. But then, all right, so you got a bad defensive line. But then moving on to the linebackers. I love the linebackers. These might be the best overall linebackers in the league, besides what you got going on in New England. That's you got, what I was going to say. Layden Van Der Esch. You got Jalen Smith. And you got Micah Parsons, who could be the best linebacker out of this draft. Probably will be. So for as bad as the defensive line is, you got some good linebackers there that could make up for some of it. But still, you got to get to the quarterback one way or the other. Yep. And then moving on to the secondary. Oh, boy. This might not be a great defense after all. Your cornerbacks are Anthony Brown and Trayvon Diggs, who's a young cornerback. He's a young guy that can be pretty good. And then your safeties are DeMonte Kazee, Donovan Wilson, Darian Thompson, Stephen Parker, and a bunch of garbage. I mean, you you could have started by saying a bunch of garbage. Yeah, overall, this is a very, very poor defense, in my no, opinion. they will have to overperform. They're lucky they're in a division that's that's wide open. Yeah, I think the key for this defense is you really need someone from that secondary to step up besides Trayvon Diggs, or it's going to be a lot, a lot, a lot of guys on the field for long periods of time on this defense. That It's not the young, youngest defense in the league either, so I think this Cowboys defense might struggle, probably going to be bottom half of the league. Moving yeah. on to the offense. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they'll probably be about 20. Yeah, probably 20. 20 to 25. So if you're, if you're a fantasy football guy, I don't know if Cowboys are going to get drafted in any drafts. Probably not. Not even against the <laughs> worst offense in the league? Yeah, I don't know who it is. Texans without Deshaun Watson? No. All right, the offense, quarterback, sure. Dak Prescott. I hope he's back to full health because this is a guy that I really like. Big fan of Dak Prescott. Offensive line is still good. The offensive line has been good in Dallas for it seems like about 10 to 15 years now. They're old. They are old, but your tackles are Tyron Smith and Lael Collins. You're not going to find really a better combination tackle-wise in the league. Moving on to their guards, you got Connor Williams, who's young, with Zach Martin, one of the best guards in the league from Notre Dame. Yep. And then your center is Tyler Bedes. Don't really know him, never really heard He's of him. He's been there a while, though. Yes. Yeah. And it's probably one of the best overall groups in the league, offensive line-wise. Yeah, I mean, it's solid. It, it definitely, you know, turns Elliott, who is a good, a pretty good running back, into a upper tier running back, and it, you know, it gives Dak a lot of time to throw the football, um, to making him a better player as well. Um, all great teams, really, I feel, start with an offensive line, um, so having that is very valuable. I think it could be a difference for them between, you know, vying for division titles versus. You know, you know, dropping some games and, and being out of contention. Well, what do you think about their running back situation? I like their running back situation. I mean, it's not my favorite. I, I'm not the biggest fan of Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I think he's, yeah, I think he's decent. Like I said, I think he's a talented running back. I think he, you know, is, a, is an upper tier running back. Yeah, top but five. I think that a, a guy like Derrick Henry... A guy like Alvin Kamara, a guy like Christian McCaffrey, oh maybe would, not top five would make yeah probably not um would make Ezekiel Elliott look really bad if they were on the Cowboys. Um, the, the good thing about this, yeah, obviously Elliott's good, but the thing is when Elliott's hurt, whether he's getting rushed on the sideline, you got a very good backup, but probably the best backup in the league. Mm, I know Jake likes Alexander Madison, but Cream Hunt. Yeah, Cream Hunt. Yeah, Cream Hunt. I don't even consider him a backup. He probably is because Chubb gets most of the carries. Definitely is back. But you got Tony Pollard behind Ezekiel Elliott, mm. plus a good offensive line. Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake's good. There's a lot of good backups, but Tony Pollard's top tier. Mm. Chase Edmonds. Uh-oh. Yeah, Chase Edmonds is good, but he's probably middle tier. No, I think Tony Pollard's a top five backup in the league. But then you move on to the tight end situation. It's never been great. I mean, you had Jason Witten for all those years. 
But Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz, not even middle of the pack. Jarwin's, Jarwin's not bad. Supposed to be good, but I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either. Dalton Schultz, maybe he could. Be I good. like their receivers. And then obviously you look at the receivers. It might be the best group in the league overall. Definitely not. You don't think so? What no. Arizona, Tampa Bay, and Tennessee? Yeah, I mean you got, but Dallas has three very very good receivers. Michael Gallup. Let's not get crazy. Michael Gallup did not have a great season last season, but I don't blame him because of the quarterback I think he's the situation. Best receiver on the team. You don't think? I think Amari Cooper still Amari is. Amari Cooper has terrible hands. When Dak Prescott's the quarterback, I think Amari Cooper is going to be the best receiver. Last okay. season, obviously, they had a kind of a tough situation with Andy and Dalton. Lam- I mean, Lamb's good. You're talking about Lamb, right? And you get Lamb- CD Lamb. Lamb is good. He's also in his second year, um, and you know he wasn't fantastic. He wasn't like Justin Jefferson good or like Jerry Judy good, but he was good. Um, it, you know, I, I think he's. A, I, I don't think that they have the best receiving core in the league, but we'll that in I think they're very good. Yeah, I mean, they're they're top top three, top five, top five. They're top five for me. I don't I don't think it's so clear that they're top three. But overall, as bad as this defense is, that's probably as good as this offense is. So it's gonna oh, be. Sure. I mean, you saw it. It's gonna be a weird season. Da- in Dallas. Dax played. Four games last year, and they were one and three, and I think they scored at least thirty three in every game. Yeah, they averaged like top three. They lost. They game. lost three games, scoring like over thirty every time. And the one they won, they had like forty something. Like they, the offense is fantastic. Dak High Cres- scoring games. Dak Prescott threw like eighteen hundred yards in his first like four games. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like he, he's he's all the way there. So um, it, it's simple what you have in Dallas. It's a great he's, offense. He's back, right? Like, he's fully back. That's what they say. They say he's fully back. If not, good luck to Garrett Gilbert and Cooper Rush. You got a, you got a good, good, good offense in Dallas. A very poor defense. If you're a betting person, I'd take you over on a lot of those games that they play because they're going to be high-scoring games. Mm-hmm. And that's the situation in Dallas. And they will open the season with a loss. Oh, yeah, they play Tampa Bay, right? Yep, first game of the year. Dak against Brady opening night. Oh, my God. Get your popcorn ready, Blanchard. All right, before we move oh, no, on, it'll probably be a blowout. our final two teams, we got a comment from Peter from The Gap. Get ahead to The Gap soon, Peter. I miss it. It all depends on Chris Paul. Oh, he's talking basketball. Chris Paul, is he injured? Is he fatigued? Have to have scoring and efficiency out of him. I, I agree with that. I mean, yeah, Chris Paul was playing like he was injured the last couple of games. The way he was playing, can't have 25 less scoring chances and expect to win a game. That is true. A lot of turnovers. Way too many turnovers. It was ridiculous, especially last game. I think there were over 25 turnovers in the game. Ugly. And 17 of them were by Phoenix. All right, so that's the Dallas Cowboys. Now moving on to another team with a good running back and definitely a better defense than we just talked about. A team from the AFC, the Cleveland Browns. Probably going to have a good season. And let's start with the special teams. So Cody Parkey and Jamie Gillen are the special team situation. Austin Seibert. No. I feel like they have a different kicker every season, this team. They do. So, Cody Parkey will be your kicker. Chase McLaughlin will be your backup. I think he was with the Colts last year. And the defensive line... They have two kickers. Yeah, I mean... They're going to cut one. Yeah, that's what happens, but... All right. And the Patriots have two kickers right now, too. Nick Folk and Roberto Aguayo. We do not have Roberto Aguayo. Yeah, he's... Oh, God. All right. So, the the defense for Cleveland... Pretty good. All right. So, the defensive end... I love this team. I love this team. Your defensive ends are very good. Cowboys record. All right, so yeah, I'm not going to finalize. We're going to have our show with the records, but if I have to think about it right now, I mean... That division is so up in the air. I'll go, if I'm guessing right now, I'll say 10-7. and I think that's very fair. I would have said the same thing. 
You went, really? Yeah, or nine and eight. I don't know what the odds are. Probably like nine and a half or something. Yeah, like that. it is. Probably. All right, so the defensive line for the Cleveland Browns, your defensive ends, your starting defensive ends are Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney, which is insane. Okay. And then your defensive tackles are Andrew Billings, who's pretty good, and Malik Jackson. Great. Malik Jackson is getting up there in age, but you still, you got three guys up there. That can have a lot of sacks. Never mind Karis McKinley coming off the bench, a guy that was with the Atlanta Falcons last season. Very good defensive line. Obviously, Garrett, one of the better players in the league. Your linebackers aren't as good as your defensive your guys in your defensive line, but you still got Jeremiah Owuzu Koromoa. He's pretty good. Drafted him out of Notre Dame. Then you got Anthony Walker, who came from the Colts, I believe. And then you got Sione Takitaki. We're not talking any hibachi here. You got Sione Takitaki with Mac Wilson. <laughs> From Alabama. And then you got Malcolm Smith, a guy that was a Super Bowl MVP. Malcolm Smith is great. What, is he only talky-talky? No, Malcolm Smith. Malcolm Smith is good. Mac Wilson's good. Jeremiah Owuzu-Koromoa is good. This is no doubt a top 10 defense. Yeah, and that's without talking about the secondary that's improved. They have fantastic corners. Denzel Ward, probably one of the top 10 corners in the game. A, A top five young corner. And then like he's, Troy he's Hill. Places. Troy Hill is pretty good. He came from the L.A. Rams. And then Greedy Williams is your third cornerback. You drafted Greg Newsom in the draft. You got four guys that can be pretty reliable. Yep. Never mind having your safeties as John Johnson the third. He's very good. They acquired him. They paid him big money this offseason. Coming from L.A., coming out of Boston College. Yep. Very good player. And then Ronnie Harrison Jr. coming out of Alabama. This Cleveland Browns defense. I'm oh, like... Like the, I might take him in the first round of fantasy football. No, I'm kidding, but that'd be crazy. It'd be a waste of a pick. I um, might draft him, though. You know, that, it, it's, it's interesting. The, the defense is fantastic. Um, Super Bowl or bust? They, th- that should be the mindset for the Cleveland Browns. It really should be. I think that, you know, I've talked about it before. I think they were a few plays away from making the Super Bowl last year. Um, I know they only lost in the divisional, but I think they could have beat Kansas City. And Buffalo didn't look like they belonged in that game. And I think Cleveland could have done the same thing to them. Um, the defense is great. It's really, really good. And they aren't even going to have to rely on it because the offense is also really, really good. So look at that, de- that defense. they got to be top 10. unless something. I think they're, they're top 5 potential. Yeah, unless something tragic, bad, tragically bad happens. I mean, hopefully Garrett can stay on the field this season. But he's not going to throw any helmets at I people. Think they could be better than New England's defense. Yeah, overall, I mean... They could be, and the offense is better. But, all right, let's talk about the offense. Offensive line is also very good. Very, very good. Your tackles are Jedrick Wills Jr., who they drafted out of Bama, who's going to be really good. And you get Jack Conklin, who they paid big money to coming from Tennessee. Then you get good guards. Wyatt Teller, Joe Batonio is one of the better guards in football. Your center is J.C. Treader. He's probably a top-five offensive line. Yep. And never mind... Having Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt as your starting running backs, I mean, the, the team it doesn't is, get better than that. The team is so versatile on offense. It, it really is – they're going to be trouble for anyone they play because a team that decides, okay, Odell and Jarvis aren't going to do anything this game, but Cleveland still can win that game. They, they can throw it to Hunt. They can run it with Chubb. And I'm pretty sure Chubb averaged, like, over four a carry last year. Yeah, nobody could stop While Hunt had, like, 12 touchdowns. Like, they're, these guys are, are, you know, weaker versions of receivers with, with power. They're, they're very talented. And, and having them both in the backfield, you can play them both at the same time. The, the defense can't know what to expect at, on any given play. Short of, you know, 
uh, what's his name, Baker running with the football? Yeah, that's the big question mark. I think Baker Mayfield's a big question mark. He had a good season last season. He hasn't had two consecutive good seasons in the NFL in a row. Wasn't last and, year like his third year? Yeah, but still, he wasn't. His first two years were pretty garbage, if you ask me. I don't right, think he was well, that good. This is a huge year for Baker Mayfield. People got excited last year. He was very good. He had a very he had the best offensive line he's ever had. I think they win the division. Yeah, they probably will. I mean, either them or Baltimore. But can Baker Mayfield have another good season? He has. Yes. And moving on to the guys he's going to be throwing the ball to, your tight ends aren't the best in the world, but Austin Hooper's a guy that was very good in Atlanta. Baker Mayfield doesn't use him well. great tight ends. I don't think Baker Mayfield uses him like, obviously, like Matt Ryan did, but I don't think Baker Mayfield's a big guy no, throwing the tight ends all the time. Hooper is... is Hooper's good. Is, he had a good season. It's not, for me, it's not even close. I think Hooper is clearly a guy the defense needs to cover when he runs a route. Like it, you know what I mean? Like This is a guy that can still burn you. He's a, he's a good tight end. He's a good receiver, receiving tight end. It, like he, he's very he's a valuable asset to the team. And then and then on your depth chart, Harrison Bryant right now is the number two tight end. They drafted him out of Florida Atlantic, I believe. They still didn't joke. And David Njoku is a guy that really has been a kind of a bust if you ask me. He was in the supposed NFL. to really broke his wrist last year. He's he's definitely taken a lot of injuries. Um, and I don't know if he can get back to his you know full strength potential type player. But he's extremely athletic. He's fast. He's got pretty good hands. I mean, when he's when he's healthy and on, and, and they're giving him the ball, I think he can make plays. He, he just gets a little. It's like he hears footsteps and then he gets hurt because he, you know, does not control his body. He falls on his arms. He yeah, he never he gets beat up pretty easily. He gets hurt every other. Player. He does, but if he can stay healthy, he's a great player. And then you look at the receivers. Jarvis Landry and Baker Mayfield seem like they've established a very good connection. Jarvis Landry's getting up there in age, but Jarvis Landry's a guy that you go out there, you know he's going to be reliable to get you about at least five to six catches every game, it seems like. Yeah, he'll, he'll be a... I think he'll be a thousand-yard, hundred-catch guy. And then, yeah, he's going to be good. You got Rashard Higgins is another one of your receivers. You got, Great young receiver. You got Ketterell Hodge, who's a guy that can catch the ball. You got, you got Anthony Schwartz. You got Donovan Peoples-Jones. But then the big question mark to me is what the hell is Odell Beckham going to do this season? He's a guy that really – he hasn't lived up to the hype these last couple of seasons. But if this Cleveland Browns team wants to be a Super Bowl contender, if they want to win a Super Bowl, I think Odell Beckham's going to have to have more than a mediocre season here because Odell Beckham's a guy that can change this team. He can, he can completely change the offense. You've got good running backs. You have a good offensive line. Jarvis Landry's not a number one wide receiver in my opinion. But if Odell Beckham has the type of season that he can have, then this offense could be unstoppable. I completely agree with you, and Odell's the kind of receiver that all I really want out of him is catching the ball in open space, and then I'm going to let him do whatever he wants. And I think it's very easy to get him the ball in that situation. He doesn't have to go deep. He, I know he can catch the deep ball. I know he's got you know that spectacular catch ability that he has. He can elevate over guys. He can. You know, he's more athletic. He's you know he can jump higher. He's fast or whatever. But. I'm just as happy running some bubble screen and throwing the ball to him, you know, two yards off the line and letting him make a guy miss. And, and when, he, when he does that, he seems to always break away. And, and it seems easy enough to get him the ball in those situations. I think they should be doing more of that. Even if they're not successful they're not. in doing so, they should just get Odell more touches, get him comfortable so that when they do throw him other balls, he's more confident and he can make big plays. Yeah, because... Like we've said, he's obviously a guy that can be a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. He has been before. And he has been before. He hasn't been these last couple of seasons. But it's a big season for him, especially because I really think he has a shot at winning his first Super Bowl if everything goes right in Cleveland. Definitely. 
right, we saved the worst team for last, but we're going to have to talk about them because we're talking about every single team. I think they're a decent team. They're not fantastic. No, but the worst team out of these three. I mean, actually, them and Dallas could be close when it's all said and done. I think they'll probably have a better record than Dallas. All right, so the special teams might be the best special teams. We're talking about the New Orleans Saints, by the way. We're talking about Will Lutz. So the kicker, Will Lutz. Yeah, Very kicker. good kicker. Great kicker. Their punter's Blake Gilligan. Never heard of him. What is he from? Gil- Gilligan's Island? Yeah, probably. All right, the 4 3 defense is pretty good. I, it, actually, it's very good. I like their defense. Up front, your defensive line, you got, you got Cameron Jordan, who's one of the better defensive ends in the league. Yep. You pair him with Marcus Davenport, who hasn't lived up to his expectations, but another guy that could get you a double digit sack season. And then Cameron, yeah. Oh, yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> and then your defensive tackles, you got Malcolm Roach. Never heard of you. Never. And then you get David Onyemata, who's been in the league for He's a couple of seasons. He's yeah. pretty good. So up front, I don't think there's too much to be concerned about. They also drafted a guy. They got another guy in Tano Kapasogan, who they got from the Chiefs, from Villanova. He's pretty good. So their defensive line depth is pretty good. And then you look at their linebackers, Demario Davis. He's been in the league for a while. His age might catch up to him. But then you get some young guys like Pete Warner. You got Zach Bond, who they drafted out of Wisconsin. Chase Hansen. I mean... It's not one of the better front sevens in the league, but you get some guys on the front seven that are going to definitely make you competitive. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. It's not the most spectacular team on paper, but I think what you need to factor in as much as you, you want to factor it in, however, however you feel it factors in, is this team is very well coached. Um, yeah, they have been for a while. Players on, on this team are going to perform better than they would on other teams. Um and it's not just Sean Payton. They have, they have a great coaching staff top to bottom. Um, it seems like every year they're Who, bringing... Who's their secondary coach? I can't tell you, man. <laughs> but every year there's guys that don't that shouldn't be performing, making big plays for them. Um, outside of Marshawn Lattimore. Um, yeah. But, but, <laughs> but I like the team, and I think that these guys Jeez. play better on the Saints than they do on other teams because... They are well-disciplined players. There's a championship mentality in New Orleans, and, and it's brought onto the playing field whether they're you know running Taysom Hill at quarterback, trying to sneak in a few wins on a, on a waste of a season, or if they're actually trying to win a Super Bowl. The, the team plays hard. Oh, hell yeah, they do. And again, the defense isn't going to be as good this season because Drew Brees isn't walking around anymore. He's not the quarterback. I think he is walking around. I hope but he's still walking. not around the Saints. He might not be walking around. You see how many times that guy's gotten hit these last couple of seasons? Not as many as Wilson or Watson. Whoa. Or I thought you were going to say something else. Got a few words. And then you got Marshawn Lattimore on the defense as well as one of your cornerbacks. And you got CJ. Your secondary, you got Marcus Williams. You got Malcolm Jenkins. Uh, the best part about this defense is the secondary. You got Lattimore, like Marcus Williams, Malcolm Jenkins, CJ Gardner Johnson, Patrick Very Robinson. Good you got a good secondary and not as good of a defensive front seven as I thought. No, but they But the they secondary is good. Sacks. Yeah, the secondary is good and Malcolm Jenkins will be the leader of the pack. Yes. Overall, I think they're the 16th best defense in the league. Get the hell out of here. I think they're the 12th best defense. Cuz it's our 16th team we've done. Oh. All right, so... 12th best defense in the league. Let's move on to the offense. The quarterbacks for the Saints. Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, Ian Book, and Trevor Semyon. Well... Trevor Semyon... I could tell you which two aren't going to be a starter. Who? Simeon and Book. I kind of want to see how bad Ian Book's going to be in the league because I think he has no chance. He's getting cut. Yeah, not this season because they just drafted him. You're right. Jameis Winston's the quarterback. You think so? Unless he throws... A very, very bad interception. Do you really think you really think there's no question? 
I'd say 85 to 90% chance that Winston's a quarterback. Last year when Breeze was out, Taysom Hill, Hill. Hill was the starter and he won games. Well, you know what's going to happen. They're going to bring in Taysom Hill like they always do for those gadget plays. Oh, he'll play. He'll definitely play. And I think he'll play more than he played when Breeze was the quarterback. But I, I'm not so certain that Winston's the guy. I, I would love for Jameis Winston to be the guy. I'm a big fan of Jameis Winston, and I want to see what he can do after his LASIK surgery, yeah. starting quarterback, Michael Thomas, Traquan Smith. I like the team. I like the guys. I think that Winston would succeed. But I think Taysom Hill could succeed in another way. Um, and, and I don't know. They're going to run both. They are definitely going to yeah, run Yeah, there's both. no question. Even there. if Hill's the starter, I think they're going to bring Winston in for something. Hill's not going to play every snap. No, he won't. Um, the important part about this, though, is you got a very good offensive line. Yep. you got a very good – all the teams we talked about today have had – we might have talked about the three best offensive lines in the league today. No, but you got – your tackles are Ryan Ramjuk and Toronto Armstead, who have been there the last couple seasons, phenomenal players. Your guards are Cesar Ruiz. Andres Pete might be the biggest Andre the Giant guy in the league. That guy's friggin' – is he seven feet? No. Look up Andres Pete. That guy is gigantic. And then your center is Eric McCoy, who's a very reliable center. And overall – I'm not saying it's the best offensive line in the league, but it's very damn close to being the best. And that's very important when you have a quarterback situation where you just lost a Hall of Famer last season. You get a great offensive line. Your quarterbacks, again— 6'7", 315. Boy, he looks bigger than that. He is a, a big guy. So you got a great offensive line. You have two quarterbacks that can play in the league. We know they can play in the league. Winston might throw 40 interceptions, but you still get two reliable hey, quarterbacks. I mean, you're going you're gonna to poop on them like that. Jameis Winston— is the only player in NFL history 30 and 30? to throw 30 touchdowns, 30 picks, and 5,000 yards in the same year. That is, that is ridiculous. I don't think anyone else could even get close to that. No, probably not. Nobody. Uh, your tight ends, you got, you got Adam Trotman and Nick Vanette. So not the most exciting. I think he was a backup for Denver. So not the most yep. ex- exciting. That's not exciting at all. Adam Trotman's their number one tight end. From Where, where'd Jared Cook go? From Dayton. I think Jared Cook went to the, to the Chargers. I went yeah, to the Chargers. So you got Adam Trotman as your number one. They're expecting big things out of him. They're saying apparently that they think this might be the best tight end coming out of this draft that wasn't really a great tight end draft. But I'm saying, do you not know you have Kyle Pitts? Whoa, wait, wait. Someone thought not Kyle Pitts would be the best tight end in the draft? When it's all said and done, who knows? When it's all said and done, Kyle Pitts will still be playing. Yeah, Kyle Pitts is going to be the best tight end in the draft. And then your running backs, Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray, Dwayne Washington, and Ty Montgomery. Good running back room. Very good. I mean, you all know what Alvin Kamara can bring. Latavius Murray's another guy that's a great backup. So I'm Kamara not too concerned be, about that. Kamara might be the second most talented running back in the NFL. He yeah, might be the most talented. I don't think so. What, Christian McCaffrey? Yes. And then your wide but, receivers. But really, I mean, between Kamara and Saquon, I think I'm taking Kamara. Um, and I, I'm just talking about, like, I'm not talking about fantasy football. I'm not talking about, you know... Just pure rushing. I'm talking about just a guy with like a, a full slate of skills, um, you know, in my backfield. I, I might take Kamara over. Uh, oh, I love Kamara. Uh, Barkley. I'm not saying anything now, but if I have the first pick in the fantasy draft, I might take Kamara. And wow. in your wide receiver room, you got Michael Thomas, who needs to bounce back this season. And then you got behind him. I don't. I'm not as big as Jake is on these other guys. Traquan Smith is good. I'm not too excited about what he can bring. You got Deontay Harris as your number three, who. I really think he's more of a kick-slash-punt returner. Yeah, he's a specialist. And then you got behind that, you really don't have much. You have Marquise Callaway, Lil Jordan Humphrey, and some guys I've never heard about. 
And that's about it. So His name is actually Lil Jordan. Yeah, Lil Jordan Humphrey. Interesting name. Probably terrible football player. But besides from that, that's the New Orleans Saints. He's on the New Orleans Saints. He's in the NFL as your fifth receiver. Yeah. This is a Saints team who right now, probably borderline playoff contender if you ask me. We haven't talked about all the teams yet. Jake, you think they're a lock? No, I think there's like almost no chance they make the playoffs. I mean, we haven't gone through all the teams yet, and obviously Tampa Bay is probably going to win that division unless something drastically no bad happens. For me, I think Tampa Bay clearly wins the division. I think even if Brady goes down, they're probably top eight in the NFC. The Saints. I mean, we haven't gone through all the teams yet, so. but I'll have to think about it. I don't think so. Um, I, I there's three wild card teams, right? Yeah, you get seven making it. Okay, out of each so conference. There, there's like I as quickly as possible. I could go through this. There's three wild card teams, and I think two of the Cardinals, Niners, and Seahawks, and Rams. And all three are probably are gonna, better than the Saints. Are going to take that? I think all three wild card teams could come out of that division. You mean two? Yeah, three wild card teams. Hello. Um, it, it could like that's unlikely because they have to play each other a lot. But I think all all four of those teams are better than the Saints. Oh, I don't know about San Francisco. I'm having my doubts about San Francisco. I'm going back and forth on the 49ers. I think there's at least three teams in the NFC West that are better. Give me one in the NFC East because it's just so shitty. That's four right there. Well, I mean, if you, if you think the Saints are a, a 10-win team, which I think is a little generous. Yeah, I think they're a borderline playoff team. I really do. I think whoever – I mean, it doesn't matter be, about the – I'd take the NFC East out of the equation altogether. I think there's going to be one playoff team in the NFC East, and the next best team is a wild card team. That's that's one division spot. That's the South and North both the got Tam- worse. The Tampa Tampa Bay is is going to win the division, and then you're looking at if Rodgers is in Green Bay, they're they're going to win the division, and then I think the Vikings are better than the Saints. Yeah, the Vikings are better. The Seahawks are better. I think the Cardinals are better. I think the Rams are better. And I get seven or eight from there. I mean, maybe it's the Saints. Maybe it's both the, those divisions maybe got worse. It's the Bears. Nah. they they were there last year. I don't like the Bears. They were there last year. They made the playoffs. We'll see who the QB is. Is Justin Fields ready to take it week one? No. No way. All right, but yeah, I think the Saints, they'll be a top 10, top 8 to ne- 10 the to 9 top to 11. 10 is fair, but 10 doesn't get you anywhere. It might. Get you a good draft pick. All right, so that's the Saints. I think overall the key to this team is Michael Thomas needs to bounce back because if he doesn't bounce back, this team could be looking at a long, long season, especially with a quarterback that's not Drew Brees. Yeah, he needs to stay healthy. But that's going to wrap it up. Pretty long a show. Not too bad. No Connor Howe today, but I think Connor jinxed us. We got some. We got a ton of comments. We got Connor. Twenty-four comments. We're trending. Jesus, Connor, we're trending right now. So, Connor will be back next week for week forty-seven, and then the week after that, I believe is. Let me look at the calendar real quick. I think the week after that we'll have our. Yeah. So not next week, but the week after will be our NBA mock draft, which is kind of crazy. The NBA, Just the first round. The NBA draft is in two weeks. I'm only doing the first round. I might do the second round for the fuck. I mean, for the hell of it, but we'll see. For the fun of it. For the fun. You said. The fun of it. Just pretend you're a kid sports back when you were a kid again, jumping on the clowns. Pretend you're Rami Salami. <laughs> All right, we're gonna end the show right that, now. That almost wasn't English. Jake Platter, always good to see your face. Justin Miller, I see my face all the time. We'll be back here. Look into the NBA being rigged. Yeah, that was it. That's why the show extended. It's only, what time is it? Midnight almost? Oh, it's only 9.19. I'm pretty hungry. I need to get out of here. I need to, I'm in the mood for like chicken and waffles right now or something. I don't know. Where are you going for that? <laughs> Waffle House? No, do they have chicken? Yeah. <laughs> I think, I don't know. Yeah, they like, do, but you'd have to go pretty far for a Waffle House. 
Um, I think there's one in New Hampshire. No way. That is a fully southern restaurant. No, you're probably going to have to go all the way down to Virginia to find a Waffle House. Probably, or I mean, maybe... Maybe like Delaware if you're lucky, or, or Maryland. Is IHOP 24 hours? Yeah, a lot of them are. You want to go? <laughs> yeah, I'd be down to get IHOP right, right let's now. Let's do it. We'll let you know next week on week 47 if we actually went to IHOP after week 46. But on that note, we'll say Shabbat Shalom. Have a good rest of your it's night, guys. Thursday. Yeah, you're right. All right, Jake. See you later. Thanks for the long, um, the long rant on that NBA game. My heart's still beating. I hope I my chest. Some minds. Hopefully that's all. All right, we'll see you guys later.